Welcome to My Mind is an unconventional podcast that invites you into the minds, lives, and practices of creatives in a space where everyone is welcome. I'm a recently graduated college art student, an emerging artist in my early 20s, dedicated to infiltrating the contemporary art scene through candid conversations with other people pursuing creative lifestyles in this digital age. I'm your host, Julia, and I welcome you to my mind. This is my first podcast episode. I This is like my first time recording it, so I hope that it sees the light of day. It's kind of weird because I record myself a lot speaking honestly I'm a Gemini and I'm very communicative I'm very extroverted and I love I let me talker I'm a big talker I always have been and so a podcast kind of made sense for me but now that I'm like actually doing it it's weird recording something knowing that other people will potentially listen or I guess that's the goal yeah it's a little weird it's almost like If anyone sends their friends, like, voice memos, like I do, you, like, don't even think about it. You just, like, kind of spiel. But this feels, like, different. (laughs) I'm definitely making me a little bit more, like, (laughs) self-aware. But I'm really excited for this project. So I probably should get into, like, why I'm doing this (laughs) and what I'm doing. And you kind of know what this podcast is going to be about. But this is going to be just the intro episode where I kind of maybe talk more about myself, which it won't always be like that I'm solo today I'm sure there's going to be many times where I I, there's are going to be many times where I plan to have a co-host or someone that I'm interviewing which I'm really excited about and that's kind of what the whole point of this podcast was or is is to kind of create an inclusive and safe space for specifically emerging artists. I mean, it would be so cool to like eventually interview artists that maybe are more established in their art career. But I think the goal right now is just to work with emerging artists. I think that's just because that's where I am right now. And so I feel like there's a big hole in the market. Like we, I feel like as an artist, especially a young artist, so I'm 22. I turned 23 at the beginning of June. So soon it's about in middle of May right now, it's May 17th. And I feel like that's the biggest thing with there's, well, there's so many, I mean, there's so much we could get into about being an artist and having an art career and how taboo just that is in general and how discouraging it can be. And I think another thing is that a lot of the time when you're, you know, an emerging artist, you have lots of emerging artist friends as well. (laughs) And so, which is amazing and you all are supporting each other and it's like when one of you gets a big break it's a big deal you know of course but we always like i feel like i'm always looking at like these other artists that are a little bit older and more established and obviously that's like the goal at some point but when you're in your early 20s and maybe you've just graduated college maybe you're not even going to college that feels so far away but I feel like the biggest difference between an emerging artist and a artist that maybe has more success, whatever that pertains for you, like whether that's money success or like gallery represent representation, I feel like the biggest difference is that they are just farther along in their career. They've literally just been doing it longer. And so we always hear from these artists that are maybe more farther along, but that doesn't mean... 
I don't know. It's it feels very inaccessible, but we're just early. That's why it's emerging. It's like at the same time, I feel like emerging and young artists can even be like synonymous in some ways. Because as a young artist, you most likely are going to be an emerging artist, you know, because your art practice takes time. My painting professor in college said to me once, Professor McIntosh, Aaron McIntosh, she said, it takes about 10 years to build an art career. And I was like 19 at the time. And I was like, okay, well, like by 30, I'll be good. (laughs) Obviously, that's like very relative to everyone. But she was like, you know, we always hear about those like habits and those um, like, I don't, I'm trying to think of that book that I read. It's like the seven habits of like, I read this book in high school called like seven habits of highly effective teens. And I think there was another one basically saying if you like spend 10,000 hours on something that you will be successful at it. And I think that's kind of the same idea. It's like, it's not that you're bad. It's just because you're new. And it's not that you're not going to make it. It literally just takes time. Like it is such a long game. And it's like, what does making it even look like? And anyways, my whole point in like going off, (laughs) popping off just there was saying that I feel like we always hear from, and I love it because we get to learn from them, but we always hear from and like see these artists that are more successful. And it's cool because we get to learn like maybe their stories and how they got there. But I also feel like these emerging artists deserve to have like a, a spot in the art world too. I mean, that's the whole point, but I mean a spot where maybe they can also tell their story. Like, why do I have to be like exhibited in like world, world exhibit? Like, you know, like, why do I have to be like a international artist to be finally interviewed on a podcast? Like, why can't like my story matters right now at the beginning. I mean, the beginning is like what shapes the rest. Um, and I guess the whole idea too, is that with interviewing emerging artists, um, they will hopefully become less emerging, you know, like maybe that will help them get their name out there. Cause that is the end goal. But I think there is a lot of cool aspects to being an emerging artist. And yeah, again, it just takes a long time. It's just a long haul. I think any career is, and I think that's what a lot of people maybe not in the art field, um, don't understand as much. Like for instance, you always hear like starving artists and you always hear that like, being an artist is a hard career and it's true but I'm like isn't every career hard though I mean you know what I mean like isn't it all going to be hard (laughs) like what am I trying to say like would you rather work really hard for someone else doing something you don't like or would you rather just work that much that same amount of effort for yourself, you know? So that's kind of when I just, I, I feel like that was one of the factors in me deciding to pursue the arts is I was like, so either way, I'm starting at the bottom either way, even if you go to school, et cetera, maybe you start up a little bit higher than people who haven't. And it definitely is a privilege, but either way, being 22, you're starting kind of at the bottom or, you know, being like, I, I'm speaking solely from my own experience. I mean, this, this is, this is a solo show today. So this is kind of going to be about me and my perspectives, but starting as a young artist or starting as a young person, trying to just figure out what you want to do and make money. That is hard, no matter what field you're in. I mean, sure, there are some fields that you can maybe like pop out of school and like make a lot of money and instantly, but either way, your reputation and everything, like it takes a while to build. So like, why not build it doing what you want? You know, 
Like, would you rather spend 10 years like growing in this company and like moving up and up and up in this big corporation that maybe you don't even care about? It's different if you do like it, but I'm talking about people that maybe don't, but they're doing it out of necessity or feeling like they have to. Like, would you rather do that or spend 10 years working on your art career and like having these maybe odd jobs, but great experiences. And then eventually it'd be kind of in the same place as you would be um, working on this corporation job going all the way up and up. And if not, that corporation job will always be there. So I don't know. Basically, I just feel like I just want to highlight emerging artists. That's kind of my point in this podcast. I mean, I am one. I feel like I will be able to connect really well with them, opposed to maybe in a podcast that interviews mainly non-emerging artists. <laughs> Um, I'll be able to connect with emerging artists because I am one and the whole goal is to eventually not be one, but I know that does take time, but I still think that overall we have good stories to tell. We have interesting stories to tell. And I think when you're maybe older and you're more successful as an artist, you kind of may not even remember these times as much. And so this is kind of for like us, this is for, this podcast is for us, for emerging artists. I've said, I think I said at the beginning, but I want it to be inclusive. I want it to be creative and I want everyone to be welcome. So here, I guess I'll go into the title of welcome to my mind. So welcome to my mind. I don't really know where I got that. Honestly, I've, that has been like in my Instagram bio for probably since I was 12. I don't know if I made it up. Maybe I saw it somewhere. Like I really don't know. But that has been like my little catchphrase. Like my, that was like my Instagram bio. Like when I was like 12 or 13, I was like, welcome to my mind. Cause like, this is what it is. Like all this crazy stuff I'm posting. <laughs> and so it kind of stuck with me. And as I grew to be the woman I am now, I felt like I still felt that way. Like I'm kind of inviting you into the worlds that live in my mind. And I'm kind of inviting you into this, like, yeah, this world that I've created through my art or through these like endeavors that I do. And so welcome to my mind was kind of a place that again, as an artist, that's what you're doing. You're welcoming people into your mind. It's a very vulnerable thing to do. And welcome to my mind is my website name. I just built a website in August August of 2021. And it's, you know, May, 2022. If you're watching in the future, (laughs) And I I called it Welcome to My Mind. I didn't want it to be called like Julia X Art. I didn't want it to be fully about me because I have a lot of things on there. I'm someone that definitely is maybe a jack of all trades, a master of none. (laughs) I do a lot of things. And so it made more sense to like encapsulate like this is just what I like. This is all the stuff that I do. Welcome to my mind. It's just a bunch of stuff that I'm pursuing. Like I have like I sell like vintage resell vintage clothes on my website. I have like photography. I have blog posts. I have my portfolio. I sell art. I sell hand-painted totes. Like, it felt very like there was no set thing that I'm doing. It was very more wide open. So Welcome to My Mind was a way to, like, encapsulate all of that. And again, it stuck with me for all these years. And so I kind of just ran with it. And it was a way to create a place that anything could kind of go. So it made a lot of sense for this podcast. That's kind of what, again, like I said, what artists are doing when they're making art and when they're maybe being interviewed, they're welcoming you into their minds. And I really love that. I really like that. And that is really powerful to me. And that's what I feel like when I'm doing my art, when I'm making art or just when I'm pursuing anything. Like I said, that's what my website's called. And so it kind of just made sense. Basically, Welcome to My Mind was able 
that phrase is able to encapsulate everything that I like and that I want to do. And the word welcome, I mean, it's a very inviting word. And so that was kind of the idea as well behind this podcast. And just my mission and like what I want to do in general is to be very inclusive with my work and with people I interview coming from all walks of life and yeah, just being very inclusive and accepting. And I think that's very important. I think the art world, the fine art world can be very stiff at times. I think a lot of, I think recently in recent years, things have been breaking out of that, but like the art world is very stiff for the most part. And so I'm kind of trying to bulldoze through that. The art world can be very gatekept and it can be very stiff and it can be very uninviting. And so I liked the idea of creating a place that it, that the art, you know, that people could be invited into people that maybe wouldn't be recognized otherwise, or maybe they would, but just anyways, it it was just about creating a safe space and a creative space. And that's what I care about. And so it's kind of weird, kind of circling back to the very beginning of this episode. I, it's kind of weird to be filming this right or recording this right now, because I feel, I think this is probably like, what is it called? Imposter syndrome. And I think that artists struggle with that a lot in general, but I feel very much unqualified and un, I should not be doing the things I'm doing. I shouldn't even be doing this. Like, why am I, why, like, I almost feel like having a podcast, I I feel like almost entitled. Like, I'm like, why do I feel like I deserve to have a podcast? But it's also like, anyone's allowed to have a podcast. Like, why do I need to already have a name for myself? Like, why, why can't I try to make one? You know, I feel like it's weird. Social media in general has like a, a weird taboo around certain things. Like, for instance, like TikTok, YouTube, podcasts. It's like cool if you watch and if you listen, but like you shouldn't make one of your own unless you're like already famous. And you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there is that kind of taboo of like, oh, like if you don't already have a following, like who do you think you are? Like, but it's like anyone can have an Instagram and post on there and be their own influencer to their other friends or whoever. And like, and that's not weird. It's like socially acceptable, but then it's almost like, like, I've had lots of, like, negative feedback, I feel like, from me, like, be- telling some people that I wanted to start a podcast. And I don't, I get it, but I'm also, like, why? Like, that again, like, why are we gatekeeping things? Like, there's no, it's, like, there's literally no need. Like, I think if you have a pure intentions and, and, yeah, you have a good mission, I think it's okay. I mean, if you're, like, I don't know, if you're doing negative things, like, through a podcast or, or through... YouTube, whatever, that's not great. You shouldn't. But I just feel like it's weirdly taboo to like make YouTube videos, to make dancing TikToks or TikToks in general, to make a podcast. It's like, oh, who do they think they are? Like they think they're famous, like whatever. (laughs) But it's also like, who cares? Like, I don't know. Why is, why are only some people allowed and like we're not? I'm drinking my coffee, sorry. But yeah, so I kind of, I'm trying to break that. But again, I do have a little bit of of imposter syndrome. Like, again, like, why do I feel like I have the rights to make a podcast? And I'm like, I don't know, because I had an idea. And like, why not? That's like where any business stems from. It's like an idea or like an inkling of something. And why aren't we allowed to act on that? Um, 
I think we all should be. I think a lot of it plays in, a lot of things play into it, like time and like privilege and sometimes resources to get started. But I mean, a podcast is, why not? I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I just, I felt passionately about conversations with people. And I noticed through my website when I first started it, that honestly, the biggest thing, like the, one of the most exciting things about my website, I didn't realize like a very gratifying part of my website, the build of it was like writing blog posts. And I was kind of like, why is that? I don't even know if a lot of people read them. I don't think so. I mean, I'm, I'm so such a small creator on the internet that it's not like I really have a following, but I've gotten some good feedback from my blog blogs before. I only have a couple up. I write like one a month or so. I hope to be more, um, more involved with the podcast than my blog. I hope to kind of merge the two, which will be kind of cool to like, you know, have like some show notes in the blog, etc. Um, I hope to be more, I hope to be more consistent with the podcast basically. But yeah, I realized that a lot of the, I don't know, a lot of the, <laughs> the gratification I got from my website was not even like posting my art. Honestly, that part is like annoying <laughs> sometimes, like having to like take all the pictures of your paintings. Like, oh, I hate that. I just want to make the painting and be done. I don't want to like take pictures and then like get the measurements and like it's a whole thing. Honestly, the podcast was more gratifying because, and I kind of say this in my very, or sorry, the blog as I'm, yeah, (laughs) the blog was more gratifying. And I've always really been a storyteller and I think I love telling stories and I love blogs in general and podcasts in general. Um, I kind of say this in my first ever blog that writing was my first interest in the art world. I thought I was going to be like an author and I mean, shit, who knows? It's still possible. But I, that was kind of my first interest and intro into the art world. Like I've always drawn since a young age, but I've also always been a, I've always been a good writer. I felt like I was a better writer as a child than like a drawer. Like I liked drawing and it was fun, but I didn't, I either I had uh, insecurity or I knew deep down that I was like, yeah, I'm not that good at this at the time, at least with drawing. But like with writing, I got like a lot of praise from teachers and things and I I felt like I was a good writer like it felt like it connected with me and like I could write about anything and like I had a very vivid language in my head at a young age I felt like at least I felt like this like I felt like it came very naturally and I loved like being descriptive and like creating these like worlds and being very imaginative like I had a big imagination I still do and that definitely feeds into like my paintings and my work now like storytelling and narrative is like a big part of what I do and I think that's informed my work a lot but anyways my point is that telling stories and you know writing in general words was always my first form of art honestly and so again a podcast kind of made sense and honestly at the beginning of this year here I'll give I'll tell a little story I'll tell a little story a lot of like my close friends and family will already like know this story uh, but you know, a lot of people may not. So I graduated December of 2021 from college with an art marketing degree. So basically in my art marketing degree, it was people like, don't know what that is. Cause it's a new degree. So they're like, of course they don't. <laughs> it's basically a, it's a bachelor of science, which is kind of weird. I don't think it should be, but whatever, that's not the point. It's basically a degree of art with a marketing minor. That's what I would consider it. I'm not learning how to sell art. I'm just learning how to like be good at marketing 
and how to make art. It's not like I'm learning how to like art marketing. You know what I'm saying? It's not marketing of art, basically. It's basically just two degrees or like a minor and a major. Um, I just explain everyone to everyone that it's like more of like a, it's just like two degrees in one kind of. Um, but anyways, so I finished that degree in December and that was really exciting for me. And I, during my last semester of college, I applied for a Fulbright scholarship. So I spent months probably from like April. mm, Yeah. April to like October applying not like every day or anything, but it's a very long process. And Fulbright is basically a nationally competitive, internationally competitive scholarship. Um, it's about cultural exchange and there's many different like things you can apply for in a Fulbright. Like there's like, you can get a master's through a Fulbright. You can teach English through a Fulbright. You can do a research study through a Fulbright. I applied to teach English and art and art in Indonesia. And I'd be gone for a year uh, newsflash, I didn't get it. <laughs> I would have like been like leaving in like two weeks. But so I spent a long time applying for that. And I apply for tons of things. That's like my biggest thing. Like my biggest, that's like a trait of mine. I apply for everything. Uh, but this was like the most intense thing I've probably ever applied for. It took me months, months and months and months, many essays. It's a very competitive scholarship. Like 11% of people get it. So I, I, this story makes sense. I'll get to it. So I applied for that. It was a big deal that I even applied. It was really cool just to try and to write all these essays. And I had meetings every week about the essays. And like I said, it was just very intense. So I applied in October. I graduate in December. And then in January, I hear that I got the first round. So I actually made it to be a semifinalist, which is honestly an accomplishment in itself. And it's on my resume. (laughs) Like, apparently it's enough of an accomplishment that you can even say, like, people will recognize that as, like, good. (laughs) Like, if you say, I just got a semifinal. I was just a semifinalist. Like, that's enough to be important, basically. And, which is really cool. And I was so excited. But here's the kicker. So, again, graduate December. Then Christmas happens. I celebrate Christmas and the holidays. January, like, mid-January. I also got COVID at the beginning of January. Um, which wasn't fun. I mean, as did everyone around me that I like around me, I'm, I'm near Atlanta, Georgia, like in Metro Atlanta area right now. And everyone in the state, I swear, had COVID at the beginning of January. And that was my first time getting it. So anyway, just trying to set the preface of the, (laughs) the rough times that were ahead. So that was definitely a, I was like, I like had COVID on New Year's, not that I was going to do anything because of COVID. I was trying to like be safe, but I got COVID anyways. Maybe like January 21st, I found out that I was a semifinalist. I'm like, okay, but here's the, the, the catch, I guess, is that I wasn't going to find out if I got it, got it until March. So here's the thing. Imagine getting it and then waiting for months and then not actually getting it. Like I would have rather just had not gotten it to begin with, honestly. But what had happened was I was in this really weird uh, loop or like limbo stage that I had never been in before. And I was waiting from like January, I thought till March, it ended up being like May, or like, I think it was like April 30th that they told me that I didn't get it. And I mean, imagine months like, oh my god, it was like kind of excruciating. And I think I'm pretty patient at times I can be. 
But this was really hard because it was like I couldn't move forward with anything else in my life. But I couldn't do anything about it. And my the I, I worked at a studio teaching paint classes. And that studio closed down in January too. Oh yeah, did I mention that? <laughs> so I kind of became unemployed, honestly. I, I don't want to say unemployed because I feel like I'm never actually unemployed. I, I wasn't like getting unemployment or anything. But... I was pretty broke, honestly. I, I was still doing things to make money. I, I Like I said earlier, I do a lot of things and I have lots of streams of income. They're not big streams of income, but just things to fall back on because as we know, as an artist, especially when you're emerging, you probably don't have stable income as an artist, you know? So I kind of did for a couple years teaching paint classes, but that studio closed very unexpectedly. And I had COVID and then I got the news that I was a semifinalist, which meant I had a waiting period. And so from end of January or like middle of January, January 21st to like end of April, like three months, but, but I've been waiting since October to find out. So really it was way longer, but anyway, it was like three and a half, four months of like painstakingly waiting to hear back about this application that I didn't end up getting, which I like cried about it for a day and then I was fine. Like I was just relieved to hear about hear back, honestly, because I think not knowing was worse than just knowing if I got it or didn't. Like it wasn't even like, oh no, I'm so heartbroken I didn't get it. It was more of like, oh my God, I spent so many months just waiting and it was for nothing is kind of how it felt, you know? And yeah, so I just wanted to know. But anyway, throughout that time, I listened to a lot of podcasts and a lot of art podcasts, and that kind of kept me going. It made me feel very inspired um, to create my own. And I started making, because I felt like, again, there was like a hole in the market. I'm like, we need some emerging artists to like have a space to talk. And I don't know, I, I kind of, it's something I've always thought about. But again, going back to the imposter syndrome, I'm like, what rights do I have to start a podcast? And I'm like, well, I mean, there's free platforms and like, you can like make the cover art and like, recorded on your phone maybe at the beginning like so you you can do it like why not instead of so instead of looking for reasons why not to I started to look for reasons why and so that was something like a project that I pursued while I waited that kind of kept me excited but that was honestly a really dark time for me I'm that was like a really hard time in my life um and I feel like I'm finally coming out of it but when you're in a dark time it feels like you're never going to get out and that's why it feels so hard but it was such a dark time and it wasn't that I was going through anything super painful. It just felt like, I mean, I, I wasn't going to school. I like lost this job kind of, I mean, I did. And so my income drastically changed, but I felt like I couldn't apply for anything else. Like I still did apply for other things. None of them, none of them fell through and just, I mean, no sales on my website. Like I, I was struggling. Like I felt like nothing I was doing was working and it made me feel really doubtful and really hopeless about everything this was hard just mentally keeping strong through it was really hard and trying to yeah like I've been through tons of hard things and even on paper probably harder (laughs) than this time in my life but losing feeling like I lost like my purpose and like my reason that was really hard because that's kind of an identity thing and I think a lot of artists especially maybe coming out of college can relate to that like this whole what now I'm super project driven. I'm super, I love, I love community. I, so, so like losing, like not going to school anymore was really hard for me. Um, I kind of was so excited to graduate and like start my art career 
for real this time, but it was honestly really hard. Um, it's a hard time to graduate in general. I mean, housing markets up gas is like $5, even in Georgia, which is insane. Like it's just a, it's just a hard time to graduate. The pandemic really changed a lot of things, even though it's 2022, we still see the effects of that and jobs have changed so much. And what do I want to do? I can't really apply for anything. I'm waiting for Fulbright. That was what I just kept saying over and over. I'm just waiting for Fulbright. I'm just waiting for Fulbright. And people would be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. Like I literally don't know, but now I do. I know a little bit. And I don't, but I do it. I mean, it it's like, I feel like I'm like traipsing across the line of like success and failure every day. You know, like some days I'm like, holy shit, I'm doing so good. <laughs> um, and then some days I'm like, wow. And I think that's how it is for an artist. You make a big painting sale and you're like, wow, I'm going to make it. And then you don't make another painting sale for maybe months, you know, and that's just kind of how it is. But yeah, that, that chapter, like this beginning of the, honestly, from maybe January to May, like, honestly, was really difficult for me. And so it feels really proper that honestly, this podcast is starting now proper, that may not be the right word, like, it feels really fitting that this podcast is starting now. Because I don't know if I would have been doing that great at it if I started it earlier. And the thing is, I've been I started it in probably February, but actually recording an episode, my first episode, May, you know, so it's a long process to do these things. And honestly, the hardest part for me, or the thing I like to that took the longest for me for the podcast was designing the cover art. I had a really hard time with it. I, I just overthink everything. And like I said, I'm very project oriented. And so I was like, I don't know if it's a good enough. And it wasn't right. I went through like so many I was doing, you know, I'm doing it all myself. I would love to like hire an artist too one day, but to like design that kind of thing. I'm not really great at graphics, but I mean, I can hold my own, but <laughs> it's not my forte. It's not like my specialty. But anyways, that was like one of the harder things because I was just maybe maybe it was a way of me like procrastinating, though. Like I was like, no, it's not right yet. It's not right yet. But now it feels right. Things feel right. And so here I am. That's kind of the story of how this podcast, I guess, started. And oh, another (laughs) another big part of it is one of my best friends, Maddie, Maddie Ice. She's a photographer and she's a great one. She's a wedding photographer. She and I kind of made this truce of like, we'll start a podcast together, not like sharing the podcast but like we'll both build a podcast kind of side by side and so we like you know kept up we we still do of course but we like kept up with each other like oh hey did you do your covered art yet hey did you do your mission statement and we would like work together go to coffee shops and like that again community building and like giving giving yourself projects when maybe you as an artist when you graduate or maybe if you're not in school just in general giving yourself projects as an artist kind of necessary that's kind of like what we do we like have a task at hand and we accomplish it. It's a project, you know? We have this painting we want to do and it's going to take this long. And so I think that's really important for artists to keep us driven and like dedicated and disciplined are giving ourselves guidelines and projects to finish, to complete and finish. And so this was one of them. And I feel like I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur in some ways. I feel like I try everything And so this is going to be one of the things I try. I don't know. I feel like that what I see in podcasts a lot is that the reason they fail is because people stop doing it, you know, same for YouTube or just, I guess, any content that you're making online. The reason why it's not successful is because you kind of give up on it. And that literally is like the same thing with artists. It's like the only reason why people aren't emerging artists anymore and they're just artists is because they just didn't stop. 
they just didn't stop. That's the only difference. I think that really is. I think if you keep going and keep creating, I don't really see how you can't make it. And I'm sure some people may be listening to me and thinking that sounds a little too positive or maybe a little too like, like I kind of sound like I'm up in the clouds, like that's unrealistic, but I guess that's just what I believe. And maybe I'm delirious, but at least it'll get me through, you know? I mean, even if I believe that until the very end of my life and I never, I guess, quote unquote, made it, whatever that even looks like, I mean, whatever. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I just feel like the people that make it are just the ones that don't stop. That's that's literally the only difference is just don't stop Um, and consistency. I mean, it's you could even say this. You could compare that metaphor for anything like relationships, like even like a workout or like a spirit, like a healthy, like spiritual, whatever routine, like the people that make it and reach their goals just don't stop. I remember thinking that as like a young girl, um, I remember thinking like, like when I was kind of starting, maybe getting into art a little bit, I remember thinking, well, I may not be the best artist. Like maybe I'm not the most technically good. Maybe I can't draw perfectly, But the one, like, I can't control my, you can to an extent, but for the most part, you can't control, like, your hand and your skill. You can practice and practice and practice, but, like, you can't make yourself do something that you're not capable of doing, you know? But I was like, one thing that I'm capable of doing is I am capable of not stopping, of not giving up. I am capable of being tenacious and stubborn. Like, that is something that you don't need any skill but patience to do is literally being stubborn and being fierce with the things you want. That takes no skill, like physically, but it takes a mental skill, which sometimes can be harder, but also it doesn't take anything in the same way. It doesn't take, it doesn't take anything to be stubborn besides just being stubborn and being like dedicated. I think that I remember just thinking like that as a young, a young kid or a young girl, I remember thinking like, I may not be able to do this, Like physically, I may not be able to accomplish this task, but I can just not stop and not give up. And eventually I will kind of, or at least if I won't, I at least just won't give up. Like at least I I won't back down. Like you can, the one thing you can control is what I'm trying to say is not backing down or not giving up. And so I hope that makes sense. But yeah, I think that's kind of what artists need to do. I think that's kind of what we need. I think we can do it though. I just think it needs to be with a mindset of not settling and not backing down ever until literally, uh, yeah, until, until never. (laughs) Um, so, so that's kind of what this podcast is. It's me not backing down. And again, I think to, to the key to make it successful is to not, not give up and not be inconsistent. So being consistent I think that's kind of the key to also not giving up is being consistent. And wow. And I think anyone is capable of just not giving up. Um, It doesn't mean that you won't be doing other things, um, maybe to make ends meet, etc. But having your goal in mind and still trying, still applying for those shows, still making work and posting it consistently, even if you're getting two likes, even if you're getting two likes on TikToks, even if like one person is viewing your TikToks or whatever it may be. And I just talk about social media because that is a really a lot of ways that artists can get discovered now. And so, 
yeah, but it can be discouraging too because social media is not built for artists. And anyway, that's just kind of a metaphor. I mean, you could say that with anything though, that just not giving up. And so, yeah, just keeping, keep, keep going on. Just keep keeping, <laughs> keep, keep going on. Um, and that's kind of the key, I think. And so that's kind of, this is my attempt at that, I would say. And it's really all I can do, right? Okay, I'm actually proud. I've been like rambling for a lot of time, which is pretty cool. I was kind of like, what am I going to say? And then I'm like, I literally don't shut up. So why am I concerned about what I'm going to say? <laughs> In 2020, I posted like a lot of long stories on my uh, long, long videos on my Instagram stories. And so again, this just makes sense for me. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really feel like I'm ever going to run out of things to say. And that's kind of what art making is about is like what you're saying, you know, that's like what, at least for me, like I'm making art and that's kind of, it's like running out of ideas. You're just running out of things to say. So it's like, what do you want to talk about? Make art about that, you know? But anyways, I was going to talk a little bit about the work that I do because again, I've never been interviewed on a podcast. I have a shout out Atlanta interview, which is like recent, which is really cool. Um, but that's like, uh, a re- like a reading interview, like it was a written interview, but I've never really been interviewed on a podcast. And so I'm kind of going to not interview myself, but kind of just talk about maybe the art that I make and what I do. So I'll read kind of like my bio or like, I'll kind of talk about the work that I do. So again, I'm an emerging artist. Um, I'm an emerging visual artist currently working around Atlanta, Georgia, I'm on, I'm very excited about this, but I'm currently have a plan to move to Atlanta, like to Atlanta, um, in July. And I'm so excited. It feels like I'm like pulling myself out of the trenches. It's like something that I've always wanted to do. And it's finally a dream that's becoming, coming to fruition. I'm really excited about that. Um, and anyway, so I hold a bachelor of science in art marketing from the university of North Georgia with a concentration in like in painting and photography. And a lot of my paintings actively reference memory and photographs combined with imagination to tell stories about my annual camping road trips throughout the U.S. And then while creating and camping all over the U.S., I've been teaching paint classes independently at local studios since 2016, while also exhibiting work across the U.S. in states like Oregon, Missouri, Arizona, and Georgia and hope to do more. So that's kind of a blurb about me, just like kind of from my reading from my bio, my art bio. But yeah, I make a lot of, um, I'm very influenced by surreal, surrealism movement and surrealism in general. I, I love doing portraits and nature. So I found a way to combine the two by merging the figure with the landscape to show like an, to show an emotional connection through a physical connection. So depicting something physically to show something internally. And so I do a lot of that. These like, I call them kind of, I call them kind of like environmental portraits or I think of the figure as the environment itself instead of placing a figure or a portrait in the environment. I think of it, I think of the figure as the environment. And if you look at my portfolio, that will help what I'm saying a lot more. It will explain. You'll be like, oh, okay, I see. But yeah, I kind of merge the figure with the landscape a lot in like a harmonious way where they kind of become one and that has really like stimulated a lot of my 
art practice. And I do as well, more recently, a lot of abstract and intuitively driven textile works that are kind of challenging what a painting is versus like on the line, like where it's kind of a painting, but it's kind of on the line of a sculpture. And I've really enjoyed that. And I do a lot of, I do photography as well, like I mentioned earlier. And a lot of it is, again, storytelling, but it's more, um, instead of being dreamy and surrealistic, like, I hope that's a word. Oh my God. This is why I'm an emerging artist and not like a official artist yet. But yeah, a lot of it's not surrealistic. My photography work is definitely more speaking on like social issues, personal issues, and more like not hardships, but kind of like it's definitely telling a story that's less dreamy and more realistic and more harsh, more raw and visceral. Whereas like my paintings are very like I don't make sad paintings, if you know what I'm saying. Like I do more dreamy and like I create these dream worlds and like utopias and representations of nature that are accurate yet yet unrealistic at the same time again that's kind of what surrealism is and so that's why I really fit into that category I would say but again just welcoming you into my mind that's kind of what I do a lot of my pictures are definitely more personal and more on my personal life like more they're based more on reality that's a good way to say it. they're based more on honest reality and I think that's the joy of the two mediums in general painting I can completely control I can make whatever I want within reason of my like skill level but I can make whatever I want I can create something new out of nothing whereas a photo there's always reality to photography which I really like and that's why I kind of lean more towards portraying real problems and issues and like quells societal quells or personal like issues in photography because there is a reality with there's reality instilled in every photo even if it's super edited even if it's photoshopped whatever was photographed was taken in this like real plane whereas like paintings don't exist in in any plane and that's why I don't like just painting like things as they are because that's what I do with photos I take photos with I take photos of things as they are, whereas paintings are more, I'm creating something totally new. So I hope that kind of makes sense. But that's kind of what I do and what matters to me, at least in my practice right now. I've been really getting into like collage and uh, just trying to like sewing and um, again, like I said, textiles and repurposing. I'm really big on repurposing things. I'm like kind of goes back to like how I sell I resell vintage clothes and things like that and I'll I'll paint on them but I really love to like repurpose things and use them in my work like especially for my more like abstract works and things like that I love to repurpose and to like make something new out of a material that maybe would have been like you know thrown away etc and that's really important to me is um kind of just on an environmental standard and as well as like a resourcefulness that is important to me in my work. So that's kind of about me just as an artist. So now you kind of know about the host of the podcast and I'm sure I'll like, since I'll be the one interviewing people that will like, you'll be able to learn more about me, but I don't want the podcast to be me. I want it to be more about the topics that I'm discussing, discussing or the people I'm interviewing. But at least you know where I'm coming from. And I hope that that makes sense and that you can enjoy. Also, I want to say one last thing. 
this whole point of the podcast as well is that it's not just for artists. It's for, I, I mentioned this in my like mission statement is that it's not just for artists. It's for creatives in general or people pursuing a creative lifestyle. And so I don't want this again. I want this to be very inclusive and not gay kept. So I don't want you to feel like, oh, well, I don't really make art or I'm not an artist because I don't make money doing art. And it's like, if you enjoy making art, you're an artist, <laughs> you know, like there's no standard to it really. Um, if you make art and you feel pulled, especially if you feel inspired and pulled to do something like make art, there's a reason. And you, you're allowed to be here just as much as anyone else. So it's not just for artists. It's really for a lot of people, I think. But yeah, I hope you enjoy I'm going to be accepting questions for my podcast as well. And so if you have any questions that you want answered about emerging artists and things like that, or just in general, relative to the art world, then you can feel free to like message me that on the Instagram and send in your questions. And I'm really happy to hear them. And I'm happy for this new journey.